1: On Inside Black and Gold, I'm Jeff Nowak with Steve Geller. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We're going through some mock drafts. I went and I rounded up 23 different mock drafts to kind of get an idea of who this. the general consensus is that the Saints will be targeting. These will all be wrong. Well, maybe one of them will be right. Well, a majority of them will be wrong. Um, either way, so there was 23 one-round mock drafts. Of those, eight had the second or third round. And so that's what we're going to go through is the players that maybe fell out of the first round and the Saints got at number 40. Um and in this round, you know, we talked about all 23, none of them had a quarterback. In round two, there was two of the eight mock drafts had the Saints taking a quarterback. One of them was Tanner McKee, quarterback out of Stanford. The other was Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. And I get it. I don't think either of those guys is going to be the pick in the second round because I just don't think that they're – I just don't see the upside. I, I don't know enough about Tanner McKee to, to make a decision, but I just – I don't know. Like everyone tells me Hendon Hooker is the guy. I just – I don't see it.
0: I really just don't. It really starts bringing in, I guess, more doubt too when everyone starts jumping on the bandwagon too. Yeah, right. Once everyone agrees, (laughs) that's when I know it's wrong, right? Everyone just hops on.
1: Yeah, Steve's a Hendon Hooker fan. He's wearing a yellow shirt. Tennessee South. Yeah. Yeah, But again, this is another round where three of the eight picks are defensive linemen. Siaki Ika in one of these fell to the second round. He's a guy who you also saw. Mozzie Smith, another guy that the Saints were linked to twice in the first round was picked again here, guy out of Michigan. And so he's a guy, I, I I, think he is an interesting, if the Saints go defensive line, I think he is an interesting target, maybe at 40, right? I don't know if he would still be around by that point. And then the other one is Kalajikansi. So all three of these picks were names that were picked in the first round of a different mock draft for the Saints, which I, I thought was interesting. So like there is a lot of connection between these these mock drafts in there's like eight or nine names that are very popular as it pertains to the saints.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you we will typically see that. And I think that, you know, we're going to see, I, we'll probably see all this shifting and changing again after the combine. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. It just, it'll, it'll be it'll all shift. different.
1: And then they'll pick, you know, John Doe out of North <laughs> mid Southwestern state from and Provo or something, then, you know, that's, it, and everyone will get mad about it. Because right? Like, well, that's like, not wait, who wait. they said they were going to draft. And anyway. No one had that. Yeah. What are they doing? Right. Well, it doesn't help when the last two times they've done that, it didn't. It hasn't
0: work. gone well. Right. That's right. why it's like picking picking defensive end in that first round right now. It's like, all right, you did you did great, Will Smith. You did great, Cam Jordan. After that, nah, not so great. Well, but it's like if you're gonna pick a guy
1: out of the middle of nowhere. You know, <laughs> or like for, they like Texas, right? They like Houston. They like UT San Antonio. Aren't NFL factories. If you're going to do that, they got to be, they got to hit. Like you can't, you don't get the benefit of the doubt after, you know, if like you, you miss multiple times. Then it's like, guys, like thankfully Cesar Ruiz picked it up this year. So it wasn't like, geez, their last four first round picks were, were rough because they didn't have one in 2019. Obviously, they, they Chris Olave and and uh, Trevor Penning, I think, are did well in their rookie seasons. But like they, they had they had a run where they had Marcus Davenport, and then they didn't have a first round pick in twenty nineteen because of Marcus Davenport. Twenty twenty, Cesar Ruiz. Twenty twenty one, Peyton Turner. Yeah, it's not
0: good. No, just brutal. And man, I, I'm hoping that Davenport can do something, but I just don't know if it's in a Saints uniform even anymore. It'll be, it'll be curious to see what happens with his market. Uh, I just don't know if there is going to be a market for him. Like I I think I've said before, if there anyone is going to be willing to take a risk on that talent because we all know it's there. We've seen the flashes, but it's just been way too inconsistent. And just a half a sack this year kind of makes a lot of people jump off any kind of hope that there was for this guy to make any kind of headway in the league for good reason.
1: <laughs> I mean, right. you go an entire season and play most of the games and have a half sack. Uh, there, there's questions to not only be asked about like physically, there's questions to be asked about like mentally, like is your head really like, are you invested? Are you emotionally invested? And uh, like, I think more often than people realize that ends up being like a very, a, a legitimate factor in why some players kind of fall off. Um, I know Thomas Dimitrov to- like mentioned Vic Beasley as a guy who he would, he would, like put in that bucket and if you remember Vic Beasley he led the league in sacks one year and then it's like you never heard from him again I think he's in the XFL now it's wild so he's still making
0: money playing football just not not nearly as much (laughs) but yeah just to go from that you know he was able to do it on the top level too but Jen just never was able to to duplicate it though
1: right like there's no question that Vic Beasley is an immensely talented pass rusher like you saw it they went to the Super Bowl and he was like the best player on their defense and, it, but it was like, he just didn't, like, he just wasn't in it. Like his heart wasn't in it. And it's like, that's when that is the case. And you have to ask that question seriously about Mark Stavenport. Um, You don't know. You don't know. Maybe, maybe you can flip that switch. Uh I just,
0: I'm just not sure. See, th- um, for me, I, I, my biggest question with him is, is really not the, the heart. It's definitely self-confidence. That's and- part of it too. Yeah. Confidence is another, another factor. Man, he's such, it's like a, I think we've talked about this before. I equate it to the to the swingers, and I'm like, yeah, I go up to him. And I'm like, you don't even know. You're, the, you're this big bear with claws, and it's like you should be able to maul these people, and I, I don't know what his self-doubt is, but it definitely comes across too often on the field. So should we try to get Vince Vaughn to give him a pep talk? I think Sean's done that before, honestly.
1: He has been in the Superdome. I've, yeah, I think Vaughn's been there, so who knows? Um, there's one <laughs> other that that's worth talking about. JL Skinner is a safety at of Boise state. I do think it's interesting how few of these mocks have the saints linked to a defensive back, but I think safety is a position that you could see them target very easily. Yeah. And, and in part, because like, that's where you've seen the saints build, right? They draft safeties and they sign veteran safeties they do not sign safeties that they drafted to a second deal <laughs> because they feel like they can bring in another safety at their peak. Like safeties reach their peak very quickly and level off, right? And they re- and they stay there for a long time. And I think that's where, like if you're doing the math of why the Saints do what they do, that's it. Like you can draft a Kenny Vaccaro and get five really good seasons and then say, see ya. You can draft a Marcus Williams and get five really good seasons and say, see ya. And then you can bring in a Malcolm Jenkins and get the last three really good seasons. And then you know Tyron Matthew and you know so like I think knowing that it's not unrealistic to think safety is a position they could target.
0: No, I definitely think, especially with a guy like Dennis Allen, head coach, being a you know secondary focused kind of uh, defensive coordinator, um, his you know his teeth cut in that area, linking up with more talent in the secondary is definitely a big bonus for this squad and we saw them do it we, they loaded up last year uh adding corner you know and Alante Taylor when nobody expected that to happen
1: right like they they don't, they're not afraid to draft on a strength especially
0: when you add to the fact that safeties
1: cornerbacks are traditionally very high value special teams players yeah like very good they're point. athletes that can tackle and that's what you need on special teams um so i think it adds a little bit of you know it's like if you're on the fence it it can elevate a guy a little bit um, because they'll be able to contribute in year one. Whereas like a a wide receiver, like a Chris Olave, for example, he's not a special teams guy. Like you, he cannot play special teams. He'll die. We don't (laughs) want to do that. No. And even like linebackers, some linebackers can are very good on special teams, but not all linebackers have the, you know, versatility to do that well. And you can bring in, there's linebackers are a dime a dozen that can go play in special teams. So anyway, so let's just wrap up the third round here. There's only five third round mocks in this in this group. Okay. Two of them, you got interior linemen. So I think that's a pretty good consensus of like, yeah, they're probably going to address the interior line on offense and defense in the first uh, by day two. Definitely one of them. Maybe both. And this one you have Joe Tippman out of Wisconsin. They do like Wisconsin linemen, clearly. Diva Vila, interior lineman out of TCU. You also had Hendon Hooker again here in the third round, which I do think he's he could be available in the third round. Zach Evans running back out of Ole Miss. Keon White, defensive end out of Georgia Tech. And then another defensive tackle, Keanu Brown out of Wisconsin.
0: Like you exactly mentioned right there, and it's like the big shrug of who really knows. We've seen, I'm sure you've seen, I'm saying we've seen, but I, I've seen, we've seen, they've seen, you've seen. Hendon Hooker's gone in the first round of mock drafts. He's gone in the second, he's gone in the third. It's like, where, where is that true value for the quarterback there? And because I could very much see there being that crazy rush of signal callers in the first round, and people get anxious or nervous, or maybe they do want that fifth round option for him. And there is that move there. So it's, it's so tough uh, to gauge in mock drafts, obviously because all the trades that are anticipated to happen, but also if people just go cuckoo over quarterbacks.
1: Speaking of quarterbacks, people are going cuckoo over. Yeah. And this is worth bringing up in this segment just because it will probably cost you maybe your first three picks, right? It, it is Justin Fields. Ooh. We got odds in the inbox from Bet Online. Justin Fields, next team. The Bears are the favorite, but not that by that much. They're plus 300. And the reason being, they're obviously at the top of the draft. And if mm-hmm. the Bears decide that, they would rather have a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud than you know okay dangle Justin Fields and see what you can get and and double down the Bucks are the second highest the Bucs have the second best odds at plus 400 Saints number 3 at plus 475 about 5 to 1 Commanders are next then the Ravens and then the Panthers at about 10 to 1 so it's pretty clear that like you know between the Bucs and the Saints there's a lot of thought that they could be in the Justin Fields market. And I think it's intriguing. I don't know if if he's the guy you would go all in for, but they did trade two first round picks to get him. They'll probably want that back, right? So would you trade this year's first and next year's first for Justin Fields?
0: I would definitely be interested in doing a deal for, for Fields. I'm not sure. Ooh, yeah. That's that's a pretty steep tag, but I have I've been more impressed with what I've seen than I thought I was going to be. So, yeah, I, 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 for for two first round picks, I don't think I would do that. I would. You would um, pull the trigger, huh? Yeah, I would. Because, like, look at it this way. Like, I guess this I, one's first, kind of a, an early second round pick you could consider. Yeah, the you're talking about the twenty nine this year. Yeah, yeah, right. right. So it's
1: not like you're giving up a top end pick. If it was the ten. I might think differently. But if you're lucky, if you're thinking about, oh, we're gonna draft Henning Hooker and he's gonna develop into something, Justin Fields would be like the top end of what you could hope for. I, I know like he's gotten a lot of criticism. From what I have seen, he is going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL for a long time. That's right. You I have to embrace the fact that he is a running back, but like that shouldn't be a problem, right? Like you need to be able to do that. And the Saints. Can do that, right? Like, you have to be able to incorporate his legs. And if you are not going to do that, then don't trade for him. But if you are willing to use it to its fullest extent, then yes, for the same reasons I would love Lamar Jackson in this offense, I would love Justin Fields in this offense. But I think Justin, as a thrower, is a more consistent player than Lamar. I don't know why there's this idea that he can't throw. He has a great arm. Well, and the, I think and it's more of a decision making thing.
0: Than that's another else. thing. And the, the Bears we saw try to. Upgrade that by trading for Chase Claypool, but they don't have much in the area of of wide receivers to throw to there. No, and it is kind of funny because it's like if the Saints
1: traded their first round pick, their next two first round picks, right, include like this year's and next year's, it would be the second time that Justin Fields had landed on a team who didn't have a first round pick the next year because they brought him in because the Bears traded up to get him. I think they traded to number 11 with the Giants and the Giants. Traded back, obviously, and drafted Kadarius Tony, <laughs> who just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of interesting if you look at like the the like how that the balance of that trade in the
0: end benefited the Chiefs more than the Bears or the Giants. <laughs> what, what's crazy to me in all of it though is what's changed in Chicago for them to have this flipping philosophy at quarterback where they're ready to move on already from him. It's not like there's a new Staff in there. What's changed is you have the
1: number one pick in the draft. That's what's changed. And in many instances, you would not get a chance at the top quarterback in the draft. So, like, like when you're there, you have to like the Colts moved on from Peyton Manning to draft Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning went and won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Peyton Manning threw fifty five touchdown passes with the Broncos. He was still Peyton Manning, but you had a chance at Andrew Luck, and you took it. And so that's where
0: you know it's like Kyler Murray, right? They drafted Josh Rosen well, in the top but 10. I, but I mean with that, though, it's like you just got this guy with number 11 all, overall. You know what I mean? And you, well, I, I would argue that it's worse than that because you traded up to number 11. <laughs> right. So you gave
1: up a future first round pick to get him. But still, it's not often that you end up with a chance to take the top quarterback in the draft. Like if this was Joe Burrow, would you not
0: have felt like, yes, of course they would draft Joe Burrow, right? I guess maybe, yeah. The If it was a slam dunk prospect maybe to be like that. I guess so if you if you feel that CJ Stroud or Bryce Young is that, right? Okay. That's why you
1: do it. But if you don't, then no, you stick with Justin Fields, right? But you also know that you can get a good return for Justin Fields. And I don't think that the Saints would have to give up two firsts. They might be able to get away with like a first this year and the second next year that the Broncos sent over. But either way, you're going to be paying a premium and it's really just a question of do you think he's that guy? And I think I'm desperate enough
0: to have a, a quarterback that I don't have to wonder about that I would do it. Yeah, I think there was early on, like in fantasy football, he was lighting up. Uh, Justin Fields was lighting things up and really you know, made me take more attention to him because I, I really didn't think he was going to look as good as he did this year at quarterback and was still struggling with the lack of weapons around him in Chicago. I just wonder even what the bears organization (laughs) is is doing to be thinking about moving on from the 11th overall pick. That's wild to me. Well, right. Because, because in order to trade up, in order to give up those assets and trade up, you had to feel very confident
1: about Justin Fields.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, so to me, it's like, what is there's, And I get, I get it. Like you're saying, it's the number one pick and how often do you get and all, but there should be more of this outpouring of, Oh, great. What can we cash in now to load up around Justin Fields instead of trying to replace him? It's just weird that that's the story that's come out from all this.
1: What I will say is Ryan Poles, the new GM of the Bears, is not the guy who made the trade for Justin Fields. He came in 2022. So it's possible that maybe he doesn't think as highly of Justin as his predecessor, right? Right. So like in that sense, I think you might see that 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 might explain some of that differing value projection that you're looking at where, yeah, if Ryan was the GM, then maybe he wouldn't have drafted Justin at all. So I don't know. Funny, funny
0: enough, like Andy Dalton was the bridge to Justin Fields in 2021. It could all be just to see where your value is for everything, where your value is. What what you could get a return for the first round pick, what you can get on a return for Fields, and you kind of you know weigh that out. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe you trade for Justin Fields and you re-sign
1: Andy as his backup. A match made in chi Town.
0: You know what? I don't I don't want that to happen because somehow then Fields will get hurt and, and then we got Andy started. rolling the rest of the way. It's inevitable.
1: But all right, that's all I got. Anything it's else you inevitable. want to add before we get out of here? No, sir. I'm ready to go. Uh, Lundy brought up. Yeah. Enjoy all this information about mock drafts, that will be wrong.
0: <laughs> Alright you oh. thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, good ads. Peace.